Welcome back to another episode of Teaching with the Body and Mind. I'm here with Tom. Hi, Joey. And Mike. Hey. Hi, Joey. God, Ross. I beat you. You beat me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So competitive. (laughs) Yes. So I was uh, hoping today to talk about something we talk about all the time, just play, but I just feel like you can kind of never stop reminding yourself about uh, what is so magical about play? You know, the the sort of the uh, the internal rules that make something playful. We, mm-hmm. It's always good to remind people about what is so important about play and what makes play so special for children and for adults. And one angle that I'm thinking of is the the natural complexity that happens within play that that is harder to replicate in a non-play way. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I have a little example. Um, uh, a couple weeks ago, we had a day where we went outside, and so I was watching this little guy. I'll call him. I'll call him Martin. Um, he was uh, d- down the hill, standing by the fence, kind of standing in motion, kind of almost winding up his body, and then running up the hill to the bottom of the slide, a pretty short slide, and trying to run up the slide. Pretty, pretty typical thing to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to run up the slide over and over and over. He had his, his sneakers on and they didn't have enough grip. So he'd run up and slip and laugh and run up and slip and laugh. But he kept doing it over uh-huh. and over and over. Just then going back, doing his little count countdown, wind up, run up the hill, slip down. So A, he made this challenge for no reason, right? Who who, right, who right. needs to run up the slide? There's no apps. No one said, show me if you can do this. He just decided he wanted to see if he could do this. And he was having a perfectly fine time just slipping and falling back down. There's lots of laughter and smiles. And so I knew that that was... He was kind of fine, but I also was watching and knew he really wanted to get up the slide, but he right. kept slipping. At some point, he might get frustrated. Or, or just, he just really wants to do this, yeah. it seemed to me. So I went over and was like, if you want to get up, I have an idea. So I held myself, we have like a bar at the top, so I held onto the bar. He ran, he could get about halfway up. He ran halfway up the slide. He could grab my foot, which I was dangling down for him, and then use me to grab because he could grip on my uh, my snow pants and stuff like that and then he got up so sort of, I added this sort of little what a scaffold if you will mm-hmm. so he got so then he was pretty happy he got up to the top so again who his own goal I I did not set this right. for him that he needed to do it so then he's okay with that for a little while and then he decides that other people should do this too and so now he's made it now he's throwing the challenge out for other people that they should they should run up to the top so he finds this little guy nearby and he's like come here you, you know you get, you, who's been watching you gotta do this gotta do this, gotta do this and so this other guy's a little more cautious and so i was like well we'll see if he ever decides he wants to do this and so martin convinces him and he comes over and he tries that and he's like no 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 you gotta you gotta go down to the bottom of the hill. You know, he was starting too right, high. Right, the whole. Yeah, you got the whole, all the rules. So he made all the rules. You gotta go down. You gotta count to three. Then you gotta run up. And so it's kind of an ordeal. This other guy who was trying it was not as physically gifted as as Martin. And so he's so. But finally, he does it. He you know he get, after you know he gets up and this other guy gets gets up with after Martin's telling him all how to do it. He gets up and he's all excited. And I looked at him and said, Oh, I said you know like he did it. He did it. You know, are, are you you know are you happy now? Or you know not? And he goes, No. I'm not happy. You have to do it three times. <laughs> so there's this whole new rule right, that you're right. supposed to do it three times. And again, just so just it was all very playful, but just the fact that he he was making this harder and harder and harder. Like as it got right. easier, he wanted it to be harder. Yeah. Right. You know, so as soon as you had a little bit of success, it was like, and now what? And now what? And now what? And I've seen other kids when they're playing and trying to do something in their play and it's too hard. Change the rules. They'll simply change the rules the other way and make it easier. That there aren't like these outside rules. That rules aren't separate from the play. They're part of the play. And whatever facilitates the play 
for that situation is what mm-hmm. you do. Yeah, and I was just thinking if I had called everybody over, or even just called five kids over, and said, "Okay, everybody, stand at the bottom of the hill. We're going to count to three. three. Then you're going to run. You're going to run to here. You're going to grab my foot. You're going to grab my jacket. You're going to, you know, like that would have been the most boring thing yeah. probably that I could have. Seen. You know, they would have been like, "Why would I ever do right. that? There's no because there's no reason right. to do it whatsoever. But because of this, the spontaneous play that developed." It was fun, mm-hmm. and it yeah. was you know anyway. So that's it's just a simple example of, of I think how kids show us their desire for complexity and their I, their ability to f- create it. I, I've always thought that children play differently than adults, uh-huh. and it's really hard for adults to play like children mm-hmm. because a children's play is never linear. Uh huh. It's always it's always taking these tangents. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and for us, we we try and predict. Oh well. Now I know what you want to do. Right. Oh, no, you don't. Right. And this. even this right. story, I yeah, told yeah. like it went one, two, three. It didn't because there were interludes right. of other people coming and climbing on me. Right. And, you know, and then then seeing this guy, ne- you know, so it wasn't like it didn't right. go boom, 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 boom. And that's the rich- richness mm-hmm. of it because you don't know what to expect. Well, and, and with the, the the huge buzz of executive function, Ooh, yeah. you know, that the cognitive flexibility you need to sustain either as the narrator, the director of the play, mm-hmm. if you're the child who's creating the new rules and things, or one of the players who is now, wait, what happened now? So I got to do the way, I got to do this differently now. Okay, so I'm doing this instead. I'm doing this and that and doing this and that. So how do I make that, you know, how does that, I think you just see how if you're playing a board game or if you're doing right. this this craft activity at the table or if you're playing the cube jump game on the iPad, like Minecraft, like there's there's so many just structured rules that you know it's just yeah. it's format it's formulaic, right, right, right? So you don't have that cognitive flexibility that's really taking place, which we know then goes into that divergent thinking, which then just explores the whole world of problem solving and everything. So I think there's just yeah, I mean, if we take that away, if there's the absence of that, what are we doing to ourselves as a society? Oh man, that's yeah. gonna go. Oh, and w- you know, one thing Careful. I love though is that with preschoolers is even if you have. So I was at this like Saturday thing where I was, I was watching the youngsters. You know, and they were like, they were age like three to nine. A few of them wanted to play Uno, and so of course, there's some kids who are at that age where Uno has very set rules. Yeah. But what I love is that with preschoolers, they were just sitting there, and I remember like someone put down like a red two or whatever, and then the other kids looking at his cards. It's like so you can put down a red card or a two card. And he like looks. Like, oh, I want to put down this one. It was like a blue eight, <laughs> and it was just like, oh, okay. And then so the older kids would then follow it, but they're, you know, not always do these different age groups trust each other. But they're just like, okay, you know, they're little, so that's what they do. Right. But it's just great because they would still follow the rules in right. the right. way that right. a, you know an eight year old would. And then the, it'd be the four year old's turn again, and he'd be like, uh, I want to put this one down, and it never had anything to do with right. any of the cards. And then. At the end, he was, like, so excited about, look how many cards I have still, you know? And the goal, of course, is to get one card, you know? And yeah. he was all excited because he had more cards. And it, it was just <laughs> great because it's, like, even when you kind of have rules, you there's a certain age group where they don't... It's like, they, like you said, they play differently. It's they like just make them yeah. up. As, uh, yeah. And they and keep it, making them up on the goal. Yeah. And it, as you... Yeah, you, yeah. You watch it as an adult say, what's going on? I thought you, I thought you got your up the slide and so right. you're done right right but but mike i think the, the 
sitting with that for a moment, like think how happy that four-year-old was that he right. got to play with the big kids or whatever, yeah, yeah. but just the participation. And then also kind of that awareness of the older children saying, well, we could like harp on them and right, right. say they're not doing this right. And then that's going to ruin our game. And so again, that, that nonverbal kind of conversation or dialogue that's happening with everybody right. collectively and individually with like one, right, and right. that was a really, I mean, I think it's, if we really to take the time to, to go deeper into that, the fact how it's supporting so many of those other developmental qualities that we want all children to kind of go with and right. take with. Right. And it's not to say that we don't, I mean, I think we would agree that there's a place for organized sure. games and structure and sports and things like, yeah, those right. are great, but right. that eventually, right. right. When they're ready, but also that if we, if we, as the adults are saying, Nope, stop. That's not right. You know, had you said, no, you can. Okay. Yeah. You said it was one time. It's only one time up the slide, not three times. You'd be like, well, I'm done. See you. Bye. Right. But then right. if you say, oh, well, I guess it's three. Who wants to make their third attempt? Then you get yeah. more buy-in. Right. And when the other thing that was happening was because it was play, even when he he and some other kids were not succeeding, so they were slipping and falling, everybody was laughing. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, and they're like, you know, grabbing onto me and I'm almost falling down the slide. I'm laughing. Right. And so then pretty much other kids are like, Well, what's going on over there? You know, that even you know, so now this thing that's sort of a challenge has you know, right. has become fun and because yep. the stakes couldn't be lower. But so then you can, to go back to your challenge conversation, Tom, mm-hmm. you know, isn't it much more fun to engage in a challenge that, y- you know, you can just save a lot of face and, and just have fun with it rather than, like you said, okay, everybody go up once. Oh, only once, you know, right. that's so your, that almost, was your shot. It's almost like they're playing with the rules. Yes. And Absolutely. that's how you learn rules because they want to keep the play going. And yes. the right. only way it's going to keep going is if the rules keep changing right. for them. That's really high level thinking. Don't you think? I think so. I, yes. yes. I think this guy through his sort of, you, you could look at it and be like, well, that was silly. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think that, but you could look and be right. like, he's just goofing around, mm-hmm. which is a fine thing to do because I am fully support anyone having fun and laughing mm-hmm. and end of story but he was doing so many more things than that yeah, right yeah. but i think that tom your comment of playing with the rules that's why that's why another reason why play is so vital is to understand the world around you and that we can say well if you change that so they can't come up they have to start at the fence and the it's we know it's going to stop the play so the children have to and they have to live through that every now and then to go oh when I am kind of being the meanie who's all just saying my way or the highway, right. nobody wants to play with me. Right. So how do I change so that it is more fun for everybody? Because I'm having more fun when it is this group game mm-hmm. versus when everybody leaves. Right. Nobody wants to sit, you know, I'm realizing. So I think there's that, that playfulness right. of rules and is the same way that they play with everything right. else to right. understand the concept deeper and to be more successful. And then there's that it. playfulness when the rules are ridiculous. You know, oh, yeah, no, yeah. you have to do it 200 times, you know, which <laughs> right. we all know. We, you know, like, right. you know, you like, can't count to 200. Exactly. Yeah. It's a nice so, you know, so right. then there's right. this right. sort of like, nice I made the rule yeah. like so hard that, yeah. you know, and that's kind of, fun. and then everyone will keep trying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we've got to do this 200 times, yeah. everybody, you know, right. and then that is its own ridiculousness. And one thing I find interesting, so there's... Um, I had to look up the name. Dr. Debbie Ray in uh, Texas has this thing called the Link Project, where they tripled mm-hmm. the recess time oh, in yeah. elementary Talked school. About that. Yeah, and one of the things I found interesting was she. One of the things she decided was that there would be no balls on the playground because when you have first graders, second graders, third graders, and they go on a playground and there's balls, they suddenly want to. Okay, let's. So if they've learned soccer or they 
do some sure. sort of version of baseball or whatever. Like they go to these rules that huh. are imposed by grownups. Yeah. And if you don't have that, she's finding, you know, the six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds will hmm. still be pretending and just chilling out, you know? So it's just really interesting, interesting to me that... Because there's definitely something that happens around seven, right? Where, like, you become more rule-based. Sure. But just that idea of... Um, Oh, yeah. If you take away some of the basic things, they'll still pretend. Like, they're still in that thing. And they'll still have rules, but it's their own rules. But it's their own rules, and they can change around, and and it's so much more more flexible. It's more like your Uno game, where the rule is four-year-olds get to do whatever they want. Everybody (laughs) else has to play for real. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, I mean, that sort of... Yeah. Or, I mean, and and also in play, we didn't really talk about, but, like, if you're playing Batman... There's no guns in Batman, for instance. So the kids are all going to follow that rule because they know the storyline. Mm-hmm. Or if you're playing right. Transformers, then... You know what I mean? Right. Like, they follow the the rules. I have kids who won't let ninjas play with ninja turtles. Yes. Right. Um, so, <laughs> you know, so there's that idea that there are rules that they do impose. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, based on whatever their understanding of a storyline yeah. is. Right. But that's different than the... Because the storylines they know are usually whatever. They're still kind of they're their fluid. own story. Yeah, yeah they're fluid. Yeah. That's yeah. the word. Yeah. So, well, I appreciate you guys uh, honoring this conversation enough to, to come up with uh, so many interesting ways to look at this it little play. It felt play. like play, Joey. It felt like play. Oh, I tell heads. you, we had, we had a good... And I will say, I'll, I will wrap it up, but I will say, I also was like, oh, a little bit of a, like, here we are. It's kind of cold. You know, not having yep. my best time in their early Minnesota winter and following this guy's lead... I had a great time, mm-hmm. and that often happens too. That yep. that that's where that's where that kind of rewarding part of the process is. So, mm-hmm. thank you very much, and uh, see you guys Joey. next time. Thanks, Joey. Thanks, Joey. Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Bond. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn. <laughs>